0: thankful for what god has done for us and uh, what i want to do today i'm just going to since we're going to have communion i'm going to read again i've I've brought this before the light and the glory that first thanksgiving that uh peter marshall wrote about i can't do the whole thing but i've just got little parts and i want to just read that because you know we have thanksgiving but we need to know where it comes from and And, and, you know, we went back in the Old Testament last week to see where Thanksgiving started. And Thanksgiving in the Old Testament, they brought their offerings and their sacrifices. And after they got through, then the Thanksgiving and the peace offering said those that were of a willing heart. So Thanksgiving in the Old Testament was not uh, something you had to do. It's something you did from a willing heart. See, and it still is. It's from a willing heart. And so we see that the power of thanksgiving is is in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. In everything, not for it, but in it. Be thankful in it, because it'll get you through it. Come on. And so that's what it's all about. In everything, give thanks. So by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Giving what? Thanks Thanks unto the Lord. I tell you, he appreciates you being thankful. And he doesn't appreciate being unthankful. Amen? All right, I'm going to go ahead and start reading this. It's on page 129, of The Light and the Glory. In March, the men would gather in the common house to conclude their conference on military instructions. One of the men looked out the street and saw an Indian coming down the main street towards the common house. As he walked in, he looked at the men and said in English, do you have any beer? How do you like that? And his name was Somerset. They were shocked and said, no, but we have brandy. So he was offered some food with his brandy. And the Indian chief, he was from Maine, that loved to travel. He rode up and down the, with the ships and the captains and the coast, the fishing boats. And he learned English from the both captains who carried him up and down the coast. And he loved to travel. When he was through eating, they asked him about the Indians around them. He told him there was a large hostile tribe, the Pacturites, who murdered white men who came into their territory. Four, four years ago, a mysterious plague broke out among them, killing every one of them. The other tribes saw it was so devastating they would not come into the area because they were convinced that some great supernatural spirit had destroyed all of them. Therefore, all this land that you are on, Belongs to no one. Come on, I want you to see the hand of God here. They said it belongs to no one. He said the nearest neighbor is 50 miles southwest. Massasoit was the chief of the tribe, and they had spent his last month, eight months with him. He left the next morning, and they sent gifts to the chief. And a week later, he came back with another Indian whose name was Squanto who Bradford said was a special instrument of God to keep them alive. Now, you see the hand of God here? Okay. In 1605, Squanto and four other Indians of the Patuxet tribe were taken captive by Captain George Weymouth, Weymouth, who was exploring the New England coast for England. They were taught English so they could question them as to what tribes populated New England and where the best places was to establish colonies. John Smith brought him back to New England, but another captain, Thomas Hunt, in another ship stayed to dry a load of fish in America. But right after Smith left, Thomas Hunt captured him and 20 others and took them to Spain to sell them as slaves. $1,400 $1,400 a head. That's a lot of money in those days, folks. But a local friar rescued him and introduced him to the Christian faith. He went with a wealthy merchant back to England, and in 1619 he came back to America to his own people and found they were all dead. He wandered around, coming to Massasoit's camp, and the chief had pity on him and took him in. This is when Samoset brought the news of the small colony of peaceful English families who were so hard-pressed to stay alive and to plant the colony. <clears throat> they would have surely died of starvation since they had little food and nothing to plant but English wheat and barley. A light seemed to come into Squanto's eyes as he, accomplished, he accompanied Samoset back to the colony. Squanto was the last of the Pacturus tribe that had died there. He stayed with the colony, for he had found a reason for living. He saw them as babes in the wild and knew that they could not survive without his help. The next day he went out and brought black back eels, which the pilgrims found to be fat and sweet. He took several young men out and taught them how to catch them. Next it was April, so he showed them how to plant five kernels of corn, with three fish. And they had been fishing for months and said they'd only caught one. He said, don't worry, in four days the creeks will be overflowing with them. He instructed the young men how to to catch them and what they needed. Three days later, the creeks were overflowing with fish making their spring run. They didn't catch them, they harvested them. They had fish to plant. He told them to guard the fish and the seeds that they had planted, for the wolves would dig them up until the fish had decomposed in about two weeks. He taught them how to stalk deer, plant pumpkins, refine maple syrup, discern which herbs were good to eat and what was for medicine and to find berries. Also to trap beaver, which was traded to Europe with a great demand there. Without Squanto, the pilgrims would would not have survived. In 1621, the pilgrims were brimming over with thankfulness to God. And Squanto... Governor Bradford declared a public day of Thanksgiving. They invited Massasoit and his tribe to come. And when he showed up a day earlier with 90 Indians, they knew feeding them would cut into the winter food supply, but they had learned that God was to be completely trusted. As it turned out, the Indians arrived with five freshly killed deers, 12 fat turkeys, and the Indian women taught them how to make whole cakes And pudding out of cornmeal and maple syrup. And William Brewster prayed and thanked God for all they were given. Even for the friendship of the Indians that made peace. And they made a peace treaty with them that lasted over 40 years. (coughs) Finally, they showed them how to make popcorn. The pilgrims supplied everything else they had for for the food. They played games together. The first Thanksgiving lasted three full days. 1622, they didn't have enough supply for winter. And the reason, one of the captains brought his ship back, and he brought several people back with him for, to this colony. And there were several people came in and didn't bring anything with them. So that made their winter supply less than they normally had to get them through. Okay? So what they did, each person was given five kernels of corn a day. All winter, five kernels of corn, but they survived. April 1623, time to plant this year's crop. Everyone knew they would have to plant twice as much this year as the year before, but everything seemed so lifeless, so the leader said everyone could plant a second crop that would be just for their families if they planted it. Everyone was infused with new life, Even the women and kids helped plant the second crop. Sometime later, the second crop, it became apparent that a dry spell was becoming a drought. Twelve weeks of it, even the Indians had never seen anything like it. Their joy turned to mourning. But when they looked into their hearts, now listen to this, when they looked into their hearts, they saw what they had done and looking at what they could do with the extra crop We saw that God was nowhere in view. They were totally absorbed in looking out for their own interest. If the neighbor was not able to plant his extra crop, too bad for him. And I thought of that scripture, Philippians 2.20, when Paul said, I have no man like-minded who naturally cares for your state. For all seeks his own, not the things, says Jesus Christ. So your old soul is just totally self-centered. It's all about me. And that's the new life that he's saying about. That's erasing that old and giving you a purpose for living. And it's for others. Self had gotten the upper hand. To us, there was very little difference between the golden kernels of corn and the golden coins, personal greed. Sincere and deep repentance on the part of every pilgrim could make a difference. The more That morning, we came together for prayer. The heavens were clear. The drought continued. After we prayed for some eight to nine hours, before departing, the weather was overcast. The clouds gathered on all sides. On the next morning, the sweet, soft, moderate showers of rain began to fall and fell for 14 days straight. The Indians were astonished, for the rain dances and medicine men had no effect. It was a totally supernatural intervention. They had a wonderful harvest, had plenty left to trade with the northern Indians who didn't have a good crop. So a second Thanksgiving was planned. The the chief Massasot was again invited as guest of honor. This time he brought 120 Indians with him, but also 12 deer, 6 goats, 50 hogs, hens, grapes, plums, all the blessings of the Lord. But the first course that was served to everyone on an empty plate was five kernels of corn. They said, lest we forget. Amen. That's why Thanksgiving so critical. There needs to be a time and a break in what's going on around to be thankful for what we have. That's why I, I, I was <coughs> more impacted than ever by looking up thanksgiving and what it really means and what it means to God to be thankful in everything Deuteronomy 8 2 and 3 says you shall remember all the ways the Lord led you in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you to prove you to know what was in your heart whether you'd serve him or not and he says he suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna that you knew not neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then he goes on to say, your shoes didn't get worn out, didn't wax old your clothes. And he gave you land that you didn't own. He gave you crops you didn't sow. He He gave you everything so that you wouldn't forget. And he said, lest your heart be lifted up. And you say, your hands have done this thing. But you shall remember that I'm the one that gives you power to get wealth, that I may establish my covenant with you. You got it? And that's the whole issue of all this. Houses you didn't build, everything, lest we forget. This is here, lest we forget. This do in remembrance of me. See it right on the front? So I'm going to talk probably the next week or so uh, on remembrance. Remembering God. It say, remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. That's the old life. It's gone and a new life's come. But we get in trouble when we forget God. It says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. We're living in a nation that's trying its best to forget God. Hallelujah. Come on, Marian. Just remember, lest we forget.